Now, first of all, if those dime-sized antennas really work, I want one. <laughs> are you skeptical? They don't, right? No. no, I think maybe they are working as long as you've got the antenna array within 10 feet of the broadcast. Please. Fifth, two thousand fourteen. This is episode ninety nine of Yats. Yeah, every week, Wednesday evening, right here. Yet another texture dot com. Check it out. I'm Matt Lee. This guy right there. That's Aunt Pruitt. What's up, Aunt? Hey, what's going on, Mister Lee? Good to have you, Larry Press, joining us. What's up, Larry? Hey guys, good to see you. Mike Rothman joining us. What's up, Mike? Always a pleasure to be here, gentlemen. Nick Carroll joining us. What's up, Nick? Hey, glad to be back, guys. Good to have you back, as always. Uh, yeah, yet another tech show. Check us out, Stitcher, uh, iTunes, all that stuff. Uh, Aunt Pruitt, what are you doing in a hotel room? Tell us. What's up? Well, I made the cross-country trip over to cold California, here in Northern California in San Francisco, to attend a Google I.O. extended event. I did not get the press pass like a lot of folks were unable to get as well. But um, there was a local... IO extended event being held by um, the glass explorers in the area. You know, it's pretty pretty interesting stuff here. Just like a local hangout, but like in real life at a pub or whatever. No, they held it at a um, at a place called Wearable World, which oh, focuses cool. on um, focuses on wearables. And I tried to get some um, information and sit down with the the owner of that company, and so forth, and. Uh, didn't really get any time, but we got business cards, and we're going to be in touch. And spread a little more news about wearable technology, and the day was pretty big for that kind of stuff. Do you see any any uh, smart watches on anybody's wrists today? And the only the only watches I saw were Pebbles. I didn't see any of the ones that were announced today, uh, the LG or the Samsung. None of those were floating in my vicinity. Um, I did go down to Moscone West and walked around a little while just to, you know, see what it felt like down there. And I just saw glass everywhere. <laughs> the place was lousy with glass. I mean, it was Google Glass everywhere, man. You would think those things cost about $20. It was so many of them, you know. You know, I, I haven't seen anything more than you can see by um... – uh, watching some of the streaming services on the web or checking out uh, The Verge or something. But that that I was surprised to see that demonstration of the Samsung smartwatch. And it looks pretty darn good, you know, having the 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 serv- the Google Now services mm-hmm. and the voice de- uh, dictation built into the watch really opens up some interesting possibilities. You know, and and like I've said before, I'm still sort of lukewarm on it. Um, I could see you speaking commands into it. 
Um, I don't see the whole Dick Tracy thing where you're holding it up and, and having conversations with it kind of thing because you're going to speak into it and then hold it up to your ear. You look like, look like more of a jerk now. But um, <laughs> I already look like a big enough jerk. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just I'm just lukewarm. Um, the screen is small on watches, and I don't know about you, but I use Google Now pretty extensively and you know rely on it on a day-to-day basis and if I got to squint to see it, I'm just going to be pissed off and might as well just pull the, the mobile device out of my pocket. Yeah, yeah, I see that point. My my eyes are, are pretty bad. I, I don't know that I'd be able to – that that is a real problem I hadn't thought about. I don't know that I'd be able to see that screen, let alone the little gray letters on the gray background mm-hmm. that, the, uh, that the image looked like uh, that I saw streaming today. Yeah, I mean, then, Mike, you had to couple that with being outside in the sunshine. Yeah. Yeah. Those those screens, if they're bright enough, that's one thing. But if not, we got another another issue. Yeah, the the screens are like an inch and a half diagonal, like 1.65 or so inches. So they are a little bit on the small side. I mean, they're standard for a watch, but I mean, we're used to using, you know, seeing like a little analog, you know, minute and hour kind of deal, not necessarily reading a bunch of text. So yeah. Usability will vary based on you know how good your eyes are for one thing. So, what do you think about it, Nick, from a feasibility standpoint? Um, I haven't worn a watch in probably two decades, and I'm actually now considering wearing one because I still think these are pretty cool. My eyes are still pretty decent, and uh, I do like some of the aspects like oh, you can check oh I've got a 20 minute or 30 minute drive to work, or oh someone's texting me. You don't have to pull out the phone or for me, a lot of times I'm around the house and the phone's somewhere, and I'm somewhere else, but I can still wear a watch and get that pretty much anywhere. So that's kind of nice. Nice. Valid points. Valid points. It, it all depends. And plus, they're only like 200 bucks. I mean, for what they do, that's pretty decent. But a lot of people will spend near that or maybe even more than that on, on a watch if they use it for just looks or just to check one thing, the time. And these and can do the that and a lot more. So. Yeah, and they, and they actually look nice, you know, especially yeah. that that Moto, the Moto uh, 360. Yeah. Um, is this still going to be in the $200 range, or is it going to be a little more? It looks like it's going to be in like in the 350 range uh, in mm-hmm. terms of price, but it is uh, a, a larger display plus a circular display, so it's it's got uniqueness there. It's literally the for, the world's first circular smartwatch, so that that has some some value to it. So. Yeah, I think it, I think it'll be all right for the most part, but I just don't know if it's for me in particular. Yeah. Now that these watches were the the watches and Google TV were the only products announced today. Is that right? That's correct. Sir. And the Google TV is delivered as a service bundled into a uh, a Sony or what is it? Sony or Samsung? It was Sony. Uh, there was some other name that I can't like remember. Like Viz- Vizio, maybe, and a couple yeah. others. Um, but it's not a standalone box. No, it, it. That's the thing that confused me because if you watch that 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 demonstration, he's going through and holding his mobile phone to manipulate whatever's on the screen. So you can either have a set top box or it's integrated into the to the television, like what you have now with a smart TV. But right after that, he went to play a game, and he picked up a controller. He picked up a 
a gaming controller that had a USB cord on it of some sort. Maybe it's not a USB, but some type of cord was on this thing. And you never did hear what that thing was connected to. Was it a set-top box? Was it going straight into television or anything like that? It was just a random cord. You know? when did I, you guys notice that? Yeah, well, what I, I saw some video afterwards of uh, from a couple different like outlets like Android Central or whatever that were uh, showing. You, you essentially saw a box in front of a, a TV, and I think that's essentially what it's supposed to be. I think ultimately Android TV will be a box, but I think they're trying to provide it as like, an operating system that you would use on a smart TV. So I, I think it's probably both. But the controller itself, I think the reason why it was wired was uh, with so much wireless interference going on with so many people in the nearby area. I think they pretty much have to wire everything up from like, you know, on, on screen, they would have like a smartphone that they would, and they're trying to demonstrate what's on the smartphone, but they would have video out hookup and all of them. So. Oh, no, I didn't mind it. I didn't mind that it was wired. That, I didn't care yeah. less from a convenience standpoint. I was just saying, what the heck was it connected oh, yeah. to? You know? It was actually running it. Yeah, it could have been a PC for all we know that was yeah. running on that. So, yeah. <laughs> I missed this, all of this. What, what does a Google TV do that my Chromecast doesn't? Well, the Google TV has um, transcoding is one of the biggest things that I could could deal with on my current television. Um, I have the Chromecast, and I also have a Hisense Pulse and a Logitech Review. Um, but for a while, I couldn't run Plex Media Server um, if I had a Chromecast. I had to have some other device that could handle all of the transcoding and so forth on the fly, as well as storing the content here locally. Yeah, there's uh, the Chromecast has a, like, I don't know how, I can't remember how much storage space, but typically your Google TV or maybe your, your upcoming Android TV will have a little bit more storage space for large media that's actually stored on there and played there. So, like, if you're going to stream something to it, there's essentially a larger disk buffer for all that video content to download to, and then you can play it at will. And so, and in theory, cache subsequent videos if you're going to watch something else after that, if you're binge watching something on like House of Cards or something, for example. So Yeah, you remember when the Chromecast came out last year? Well, I don't know if you remember or not, but I remember saying I don't know if a, if the Chromecast has a value to someone like me because I have the Google TV. You know? Yeah. And my original plan was to buy a Chromecast and just play with it for a week or so and, and then I was just gonna gift it to somebody, you know, give it to a reader or something or a listener. But Mm, I still have it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to get rid of it. I found a use for it, and it's just a tad bit simpler than my Google TV from for this standpoint, and it's for my music. When I want to pull up my Google Play Music on my phone, um, sometimes, especially like if I'm cooking or whatever, I, I want to play music, and I can just pull it up on the phone, change the input on my television from my phone because my phone has a Google TV remote app already on it, change the input from HDMI 1 to HDMI 2, hit the Chromecast button on Google Play Music, and then I got my music coming over my home theater and sounds much better than coming out of my smartphone. And it's really simple. You know, so, yeah, it's not hard. It takes about 30 seconds, if that, to do it. Uh, that's that's one good use that I get out of the Chromecast. Um, I don't use it for much else, though. 
but now I, I guess there was a, I, I don't like the basic idea of having things bundled inside of TV sets. I don't either. I don't um, either. Yeah. Yeah, because how, how do you upgrade, basically, when you invest in this big old TV, you know, yeah. You know, it's these smart TVs that are out there, um, the Samsung ones, they have been getting pretty decent run. Uh, I know a few people that have them, and they freaking love them. Um, but I, I look at it with trepidation, you know, just if, if one thing goes wrong, you're pretty much out of a TV more than likely because it's all on that same motherboard, you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, that's why I've been experimenting with different things like Chromecast, and I've got a Roku 3. You know, I've got different rooms where I've got different, you know, devices like this connected. You know, I've got a, a pretty pretty decent Blu-ray player that has a bunch of its own smart apps built in yeah, mm -hmm. connected to another TV. So, yeah, it, it it's kind of nice having these kind of things. And a year from now, there may be a new improved Chromecast you could put on either the same TV or a new TV or, you know, so a Roku 4 or something else. So, yeah. I, I couldn't – that. Sorry, Larry, go ahead. Well, I'm I'm the same boat. And how often do you buy a new TV set? Yeah, not very often. <laughs> that every 10 years or something. Yeah. And I and like you get a Roku, you get a new Roku, you get a Chromecast, it's no big deal. Yeah. Now, what do you guys think about just Android in general and what they show today with the the L platform? Um that looks pretty cool. It's like uh, Hollow is going away as far as, a, as far as the UI is concerned, and it's going to be replaced by Material, I guess is what they material. Would, would call it. So, yeah, that's kind of interesting. But it's more of a, you know, the industry has been kind of going towards a more flat UI, you know, like you have the live tiles with Microsoft is pretty flat. You know, iOS has been getting fairly flat, and iOS with Hollow was kind of this flat UI, and now it seems like we're rebounding and going the other direction. So we're seeing like a 3D style interface where there's different layers or levels. So that's kind of cool. You know, I, I remember looking at one part of it and they talked about having uh, the white background on on the majority of their apps. And to, the, to a degree, I'm okay with that. It seems to work well on Gmail. It seems to work well on Google Plus. But... I don't know if it will work for everything. I'm hoping, you know, the, the developers will still have some flexibility to give you a darker background here and there because for my for my eyes, sometimes a darker background gives you a much better contrast yeah. ratio, making things look a little Plus bit clearer. Plus if it's at night and you want to view, like say you're going to bed and you want to read your email before you go to bed, if it's yeah. bright white, it's the brightest thing in the room, so that can be yeah. distracting. So but I think that... The distinction with material is like you can have one layer, the background, and then you can have a layer above that, and then something else above that. So that's kind of kind of cool. So you could theoretically just have a red background. So I sort of laughed to myself when they started talking about the different animations that they're going to offer. Yeah. Um, the first thing that come to my mind was Samsung and that touch yeah. with stuff with all of their little cutesy yeah. animations. I was like, yeah. please. Please don't let it happen that way. Yeah. Hope you don't quite go go that far in terms of you know animations and stuff. But it looks like they're trying to modernize it in a different way. So they're going a slightly different direction here. So you know, I I guess I'm sort of disappointed with that. I, I mean, I I don't know that this was a major part of today's overall set of announcements, but I I just I find it hard to believe that we're all that wrapped up in the design 
of what the UI set uh, looks like instead of the functions and the services. Got to add some function. Yeah, I agree. Got to add the functionality. I, I'm much more interested. I mean, I mean, just for example, I, I was hoping for some clarity today about what's happening with Google Voice and the integration of Google Google Voice into Messages. Yeah. And unless I miss something, it didn't it didn't come up today. Yeah. And and now I'm left really wondering. All right, what is their strategy? Do they have a strategy? Is it? I mean, they've sort of done a halfway integration of the products already. Are they going to continue it? What's What's the story? I'm with you on that. I'm fortunately Google Voice still works. Hell yeah! Because yeah. <laughs> man, I, I depend on that. Um, but another thing they didn't mention was Google Plus. Yeah. yeah. Not one word. Not one word about it. You know, Mr. Gondotra is gone. Um, yeah. They put in Mr. Uh, Davis. I believe that's his last name. He's in there, but I haven't heard a peep out of him. I've been following him online just to see, you know, if he's mentioning anything about the direction of Google Plus or, or any other uh, features and innovations coming in. I haven't seen anything from him. The one thing that I did see was uh, a, an updated feature to the photo editing piece inside of Google Plus, but that was really just one little piece that was found. There was nothing that says this thing is going to stick around long term. You know, everybody's already calling Google Plus a graveyard, and by not having Gondotra in place, by not having someone that's going to continue to be a cheerleader or mouthpiece for this product, I mean, it's it really bodes to be a little gloomy. Yeah, I mean, as someone that that uses it a lot, like Google Plus, for example, you know it. Kind of worries me all this talk. I even did a little video on my little channel about is Google Plus dead? You know, I was looking at the TechCrunch article that was talking about how with Gondotra leaving, what's the state of Google Plus? And I personally don't think it's dying, but it would be nice to say nice to see more support from Google in this. I mean, last I/O it was all about Google Plus and all the integration mm -hmm. from it, and this. I/O it's not even mentioned once, and that's. But you not remember that last the, the last time. Um, Social was part of their corporate bonuses, bonus structure. Yeah. You know, however, however they did as a company on social reflected how much money extra that they got. So, yeah, you sort of expected to see a lot more ads and stuff about it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they're pulling out. I don't know. Now, um, go ahead. Yeah. What, the one question: the I/O runs through tomorrow, does it not? So yes, so they have more classes tomorrow. Classes, but no keynote tomorrow. That's correct. Yeah, well, maybe some, maybe some more will come out of these classes. But boy, I, I felt like that, and I was also hoping to see an a an announcement of new uh, Nexus style tablets. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Were the two things that yeah. I was really keyed up to hear about. Yeah. And. Uh, well, I know the I.O. they typically don't enhance hardware per se, but man, it's like I would really like a new tablet and a larger tablet than my than my old seven. So, yeah, I'm like foaming at the mouth for something new, like hardware new. So, yeah. <laughs> Y'all got it bad. I got it bad, yeah. Ann. <laughs> no, the truth is, this this is sounds boring as hell. I don't hear anything that I much care about. 
No, it, it was a lot of stuff that you, you can already do now. It's just some enhancements in there. Um, One of the things I was interested in actually was like you can, they're trying to implement uh, a method where you can use some Android apps in Chrome, like if yeah. you have a Chromebook. Like I know Ant and I have a Chromebook, for example. And I think that would be kind of cool to have like a little section, like pull up essentially a window that's an, an Android app in there. That would kind of help the ecosystem as far as Chrome OS having more local apps, you know, and especially considering how many apps are available on Android. So that I've been looking forward to. And this is kind of cool in that they actually announced something about it. We've been speculating for like two years since uh, Sundar Panchai uh, became the head as, as opposed to Andy Rubin of Android. You know, what's going to happen? Is there going to be some sort of merger of Android and Chrome OS? So here at least they're saying, well, we're going to try to run some Android apps on Chrome. So that's at least something that they've said. I think the biggest thing on that was the, the ability to edit Microsoft Office files inside of a Chromebook. Oh, yeah, that'd be nice, yeah. You know, you get that. Uh, I, and, Mr. Rothman, I'm sure you deal with this a lot. You know, someone sends over a .docx file and you happen to pull it up in Google Docs. You, you don't get the same functionality. You end up having to download it as a Google Doc, Yeah. edit it, fix it, and then save it back. <laughs> And have them be able to read it. Yeah, it was a little cumbersome. It's very cumbersome. And, and you you know, you can start with a doc, translate it to the Google formats, work on it, but you can't ever really get it back just like it was Mm -hmm. to the the original format, uh, at least in my experience. I'm, you know, I'm, um, I'm going to wait and see what that Google direct editing Microsoft Docs looks like, or how it works, really. Microsoft is apparently poised to release its web-based and uh, app-based tools for Office uh, on Android. And I've got to think that that would be the premier way to go. Mike, have you tried the the uh, iPad versions? No, I haven't. Yeah, I haven't either. Not not an iPad owner user wannabe. Now, wasn't Microsoft supposed to or rumored to announce an Android phone today, or is or is that tomorrow? Or you guys hear anything about that? Nokia. Nokia, I know, for example, has a. Nokia X2. Oh, I think. Nokia. I'm not. I'm sorry. Not Microsoft. Yeah. Well, now it's pretty much the same thing. It was yeah. Phones, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Apparently, an Andro- a new version of the Android phone that they had that they announced a few months ago. But the, it's not much of an improvement in terms of hardware. I mean, it's still like a 480p screen, and uh, you know, it's like a 4.3 inch screen, and it's it's not cutting edge hardware. It's like a dual core, like slower, you know, processor. So I don't know. Yeah, that's one of the things that, that they have on the table. Oh, man. So it's still not going to get out of the hole, basically. So sad. Yeah. Not like this, at least. I mean, they're trying to make phones for, you know, developing countries. But, I mean, there's some of us that aren't developing countries. We'd like a high-end Nokia smartphone. Kind of, <laughs> uh, now, now, one of the things that was interesting today to me was the the this new Android One initiative 
which mm-hmm. appears to be aimed at delivering uh, low-cost, mass-produced, Android-based phones to exactly that population of third-world <coughs> phone users. And if they're successful, and if they've got a good adoption uh, by manufacturers, that could be that could be a great way for them to extend their Android uh, penetration. Do you think having something like that Moto G was a precursor to this project? Yeah, I suppose all of this has been all of this has been building. They 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 probably were working on this Android One set of services in connection with their Motorola holdings while they held it. Yeah, plus they'd be trying to make you know the Android operating system run a little bit better on, on lower end hardware like KitKat. You know, you're supposed to be able to run it pretty decently on a phone with you know half a gig of RAM. So that that's pretty good. A lot of these smartphones will have you know maybe one gig of RAM if they're lucky, or usually half a gig. So yeah. My question to you guys is: They talked about this being unified and and being able to work with the OEMs to pretty much do things in the Nexus way kind of thing and have Google have control over things getting updated and when Google is ready and not necessarily when the carrier is ready. Why can't this translate over to the rest of the phones? You know, why do I still have to hope and pray that Verizon is going to allow an update to come through this phone? Yeah. Thoughts? Yeah, and by, by the way, that, that, that prayer is going to be mostly unanswered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, do not hold your breath. Is that is that the last piece of the puzzle right. for them? Is nailing down some sort of carrier type of thing so that they don't aren't beholden to them anymore? I don't know, man. It, it, I hope so. I hope that's that's going to be. The yeah, answer. I know a lot of what they've done is move a lot of their services into apps that you can just download from the Google Play Store. But those core operating systems. System updates, particularly like for security and bug fixes, you know, you shouldn't have to wait a year or two, or maybe never, you know, to get those, you know. So, and carriers don't care as much as you know, someone like, you know, a company like Google or whatever in terms of producing, you know, getting that operating system out to everyone. So, yeah. I thought it was pretty funny, and I'm just paraphrasing uh, Sundar Pichai, where he says that, um, all right, we're going to put these folks, these different. OEMs together, and we're going to tell them they can only put minimum crapware yeah. on our phones. <laughs> minimum functional crapware on our phones, you know. I mean, so Google sees what's what's been out there from the folks of like Samsung, and, you know, even HTC to to a sense with the skin, you know. Yeah, back to what you said about Android. What's the difference between Android and Android One phone? I've never. I think I it's like an initiative to sort of develop a, a phone of a certain standard and you get a pretty much and you know the Android operating system at a certain level that'll always allow it to update over time maybe directly from Google instead of through the carrier I, I don't really understand it myself but that's what I interpreted it as I think you hit the nail on the head with that that's my understanding of it basically bypassing the carriers so you don't have to wait for Verizon or or maybe one of the MVNOs to decide that maybe you'll you'll get an OS update because it's less important to them, you know, than it is to many of us. So exactly, exactly. 
So, I mean, Android, uh, Google also announced unlimited Google Drive storage for $10 a month. Now, that's only for people on Google Apps, though, yes. the enterprise. Yes, very important distinction. And, and I, <laughs> I think what they're doing, of course, is they're uh, going after Microsoft's announcement in the last few days of uh, their Microsoft Office 365 subscribers getting one terabyte yeah. of storage per user. Google said, you know, I raise you. <laughs> I see your one terabyte and I'm going unlimited. <laughs> well, and they can definitely do it, right? They're storing everything else, our pictures, our music. I mean, it's documents. It's all becoming there. But isn't it nice to see that where there is competition, things actually improve? Yeah. yeah. Places where there is no competition, things just get worse and worse and worse. So true, man. So true. We're looking at you, Microsoft. <laughs> oh, man. You know, the interesting thing about competition, Microsoft, just going to go off on a wild tangent, like, you know, Microsoft, they were hell-bent on doing their own thing with the Xbox last year, and they're going to do all these things, and they ended up being extremely unpopular, and then Sony took off with their PlayStation 4. And then you saw over a matter of months, Microsoft do, you know, the, the 180, you know, and that's due to competition. They're seeing that the public wants this over here. They're providing this, so now they're going to try, try to provide more of this over here. So I think that's kind of cool that even Microsoft, this monolithic giant that tends to just move in one direction, and you're either with them or against them, you know that they're actually w willing to look at what the competitors are doing and and adjust accordingly. Even if they're not going as far as their competitors, at least they're doing something different, which is something they probably wouldn't have done a few years ago. Yeah, that's true. They're listening to about Windows 8. Yeah, yeah, I'm running 8.1, which is something I never thought I would do after 8, 8 came out. You know, the whole Metro, modern UI, and all that stuff, and. I was like, I'm never going back to Windows again if I can help it. And then they actually listened, and over the course of a year, changed course with that. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. Now, you guys hear about the whole aerial debacle? Yeah. <laughs> what, Larry, where, yeah where, are my, where are my taps? Is it over yeah. for them? What happened? The Supreme Court. Smushed them, killed it. <laughs> said they're said they're violating copyright. They're not just some sort of an antenna running delivery service, but they're a provider of copyright content. Is that what you but, predicted? So I I think I recall one of you guys uh, saying that that would happen once it got escalated to the the Supreme. Well, it it may have been me because I've been writing a yeah, few yeah. blog, including one today. No, I my big complaint or uh, my original problem was. I didn't think they were even doing what they were saying. It just sounded technologically impossible. Um, but that isn't the grounds on which the that that there was in the original trial there was experts on both sides saying uh, <clears throat> you know the experts for Ariel said oh yeah these are actually independent little dime sized antennas and the experts for the TV station said no way that's it's really one big antenna. Uh, and you're just taking, you just set up a big antenna, it's not individual by individual. But this decision didn't even look at that. They just said, hey, 
you guys are distributing copyrighted material, yeah. and that's no good. I guess are they considering a service that they're providing a service, and therefore that service is exactly. Uh, yeah, now, that's sad. the thing that you guys think, maybe I don't know if I'm being too simple-minded, but it seems to me one thing that they've done. Well, first of all, if those dime-sized antennas really work, I want one. <laughs> <laughs> are you skeptical? They don't, right? No. no, I think maybe they are working as long as you've got the antenna array within 10 feet of the broadcast tower. I mean, I, there's – anyhow. But forget that. They have power or something. Anyways, I'm sorry. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> forget <laughs> that. They've, um, they have demonstrated that – and I'm not surprised. I would be one. There's a demand for that service of streaming. That is true, TV. right? And so why don't the damn TV stations start doing it now and charging a couple bucks? And they run it. They have commercials in them and everything. Or why don't they let Aereo do it? They can or, be that or arm. Why Aereo going to the business of doing it for them? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I is there some wrong with? I don't understand why somebody doesn't take that next step. Broadcast television. Listen to me. I'm begging. Please. Please do this. Read my blog post today. <laughs> Broadcast television, we beg of you to read Larry Press's blog post yeah. and follow. I don't know, dude. Ariel is toast. I don't know, dude. I'm sort of happy with coming into this hotel today and turning the television on. You know, it's just white noise. And then I look up and I saw a commercial. And it surprised me because I've never seen said commercial. You know, and I had to think back. When was the last time I saw a commercial? Isn't that you know, weird? I, that yeah, is the I mean, weirdest I, I, experience. I sort of like the idea that I don't remember the last time I saw a commercial. <laughs> oh, I'm I hate commercials now. That's one thing that cord cutting has done. It's spoiled us for watching. It definitely yeah. makes you see, like, how blatant it is. Like, when you grow up with it, it slowly over time builds up to be this crazy thing that when you dip out for 10 years and then come back in and see one, you're like, wow, that is just blatant brainwashing. Like, you just yeah, told like us funny. what to do. Yeah. It's yeah, really it's like gross. It's and eerie. It's, <laughs> it's eerie, man. Yeah, it's like running into a wall. Like, I'll, I'll go out into the living room because we only have one TV. We do have cable, but we really only have one t- TV now that's even running it. My wife should just leaves it on all the time, and she's still – desensitized to it and used to it but i'll run out there and like like a deer in headlights when i see a commercial i'm like oh my god I've, i haven't seen these and what in the world is this so yeah it's a unique experience as a practical cord cutter to see commercials it's like yeah and it just totally breaks the spell i mean it's just like geez give me a break and you're right man you didn't have any idea how crappy they were until you didn't see them right until you walked away from them Nope. <laughs> so long, Ariel. So are we gonna see? Day. Are we gonna see advertising on all of these little screens that uh, that Google's so excited about unifying? Yeah, you know, will. Like Mike and I won't be able to read it, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know you will. When it's on your retina, you'll be reading it. And you'll be craving. You'll be like, I want McDonald's all of a sudden. That's weird. I've never eaten McDonald's. 
<laughs> it won't even be a visual thing. It'll just be straight into your synopsis. It'll be like ad there, and you'll just go do something that they told you to. I can smell to. the McNuggets now. Yeah, right? It'll be like that. It'll be like, mmm, pizza. Like, wow, I am craving some pizza or right now. That, you'll have a, a display embedded in your forehead, and you can turn on commercials for other people to see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> commercials, you get a free hamburger at McDonald's. <laughs> Sorry, sir. You are under your commercial budget. We need to fix that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> free hamburger. Walk around without a logo on your forehead for two hours. You haven't seen enough commercials today to power your smartphone shutting down. <laughs> so, uh, so what else? What what else uh, was interesting? Anybody know about or care about Android Auto? Android's um, car. Just because I got a new car, well, like a used car, but I have a car now, and I have this just this Bluetooth deck in it, not a CD, nothing. It's just a Bluetooth, right? And it's it's kind of buggy. I, I'll give you, it is kind of buggy. So if there was something that was under like eight hundred dollars, because some of these head units are really expensive, right? I don't want to pay that much. Something that'll work with my phone that is just you know Google Music, Beyond Pod, stuff like that. I would yep. be totally into it. But if if you don't drive or anything like that, like you probably wouldn't really care, right? Personally, I'm waiting on, like I said earlier today, I'm waiting on BlackBerry to go ahead and release one too and put it in the next Ford Escort. Are you <laughs> are, are you making jokes? I can't tell yeah. right now. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Are Everybody you being coy? I'm yeah, waiting I'm for my medication for that. <laughs> I mean, everybody is doing this, man. These and the the interface is nice, it's smooth and clean. It's just like what you're used to from an Android perspective, as well as uh, Apple's version in 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 the car is clean and simple, with just like iOS. Uh, it's sort of you sort of expect this stuff to come out, you know. So yeah, it's really exciting. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, I can't wait till like, car stereos start to implement this, not just, like, you buy a brand-new 2014, you know, $20,000 car and you get this feature. I'd like to see just your average car be able to get these kind of, you know, double-din or whatever okay. car stereos you install in your car, and now you can use it with your smartphone or your tablet or whatever. So aftermarket. I would love to have something like that. So go on, Matt. I was just going to say something aftermarket that we can all have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for the rest of us, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's almost smart that, like, everybody has a phone, right? Everybody has their music collection either in the cloud or, or on their device or tablet or something. Like, you should yep. be able to have something that no matter what device you have, it will move and slide and attach, you know, and, and you, you just use your phone. You have to buy a dock anyway to set your phone in the damn car. The deck might as well hold on to it for you. Like a little arm, you know, little pincers that just hold your phone, and then it powers stuff. It would be perfect. You, you know what strikes me about about today's event? There was there was nothing really innovative. I mean, Android Auto. Okay, well, yeah, I get it. Uh, uh, Apple came out with its Auto iOS a while ago, and Microsoft has it, so Android has to have it. Yep. And you know, unlimited cloud storage, big whoop. <laughs> uh, you know, now we're going to get 3D. Uh, icons that are going to be rounded instead of square, or is it square instead of rounded? Ooh. I don't know. Ooh. 
Where's, where is the interesting innovation in all of this? What did they give away? I, I probably missed it when you guys talked about it. What was the big surprise toys for everyone? Was it watches? It was the watches. Um, they were not able to get the Moto 360 because it's not available yet, but the folks that attend it will get said Moto 360. Oh, that's cool. I heard I, that that was kind of the one I was... about cardboard. <laughs> yeah? yeah? Oh, yeah. So that's all they got? No, uh, well, yeah, they got those two watches, and they gave out um, this cardboard box thing or whatever. It was sort of a, a joke, but there's an actual app um, called Cardboard, and it's for virtual reality on your mobile phone. I played yeah. with it for a good two minutes or so. Whoa. Um, <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's worth a look, though. Um, yeah. Basically, they're just trying to say, hey, this is something we really want to dive into and, and see what else we can bring to consumers from a virtual reality standpoint. Oculus does it, you know. And yeah, Facebook has Oculus, so why not Google have something there else? There you go. Cardboard. So, Google, yeah. Google has cardboard. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's, and it's funny because he literally, Sundar Pichai, he literally says there, you know, hey, we're going to give every last one of you guys this piece of cardboard and write your notes on it, and yada, yada, yada. It, I was like, what? Cardboard? And he said, oh, yeah, and we'll give you watches, too. that's funny and i'm sitting here if i if i'd made the made the cut to get into sitting here feeling very burned about now (laughs) you know maybe the we're all i at least it sounds like everybody's a little disappointed in what went on today but this is a developer thing so maybe they'll announce some really cool stuff tomorrow to you know development tools or something do you guys cool. think they just set the stage too high with previous IOs and there's kind of nowhere like once you've jumped out of a plane with yeah. glass on, you know, like I feel like maybe yeah. they they started up here, whereas Apple is kind of slowly like, ooh, and then here's this and this that you've been wanting and everyone's uh, happy and excited. But we're like, what's going to fall out of the sky next? You know, expecting some <laughs> yeah. big spectacle and maybe they're not. It's yeah. not. Well, it wasn't innovative, but. Well, I shouldn't say that. It, it wasn't as big on innovation as we expect, yeah. but it's nice to see that potentially my phone is going to run better because of what's being being run under the hood with, yeah. with uh, Android yeah. L. You know, the issue, the issue that, CPU work. You know. Yeah, the issue with Google is they're kind of ahead of the curve, where some like Apple's is sort of behind the curve. Right. Like you're talking about, like they mentioned on stage, hey, we've had these notifications this notification shade since Android 1.0 and, you know, and iOS 6 finally gets a notification shade, you know, all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of these kinds of examples. So it's, it's harder to impress when you've been introducing a lot of these features for the past few years that everyone's going, Oh yeah, that would be good. Windows phone. Maybe we'll get a No, not quite yet. Maybe we won't get notifications, but uh, you know, it's that kind of thing. So we're sort of spoiled because we get to see ahead of the curve, you know, with this stuff. Or test out the curve, right? We were the ones that were testing, you know, 2.0 or whatever and being like, hey, it'd be cool if this did this. And now we have like active notifications and cool stuff like that. It's been iterative. We've It's just been iter- iterative for longer in a, mo- or a, a more open ecosystem, right? Where we can more ta- take a more active part in it rather than just waiting to see what Apple gives you, you know? Now, one thing that I heard today, which which I did think was pretty interesting, is they've got over uh, 1 billion active users each month. So each month they've got 
over a billion people that are firing up some Android or Chrome uh, service. That's big time, dude. That's a lot. That's big time. No, and again, I credit that to the whole get your Moto X for free. Yeah, yeah. I also credit that to the fact that it's a phone, and a phone is something everybody uses every day. So if you did it once, yeah, I bet those same billion tomorrow are probably going to do the same thing because we're all hooked on these devices. I'm sorry, go ahead, Larry. Now, for those billion, there's how many three... You know, I don't know adults, but three other billion that don't have them. And yeah. that's what you guys were talking about before. And just one of the things I put in that thing, Google is really seeming, they're, they're really going on a long-range strategy of connecting the, those people, I think. They've got now saddle, they've got extraterrestrial investments at higher, at higher altitude platforms, low-Earth orbit satellites, and geostationary uh, satellites. All sorts so, of fun infrastructure. They've got their eye on that deal too, you know? Yeah, that's part of the what Android One experiment they're trying to do as well, is they're trying to push these low-end smartphones to the next billion people. So, yeah. And, you know, today's low-end smartphone is going to, you know, today's $50, $75 smartphone is going to, you know, tomorrow's is going to be like today's $600 smartphone. Yeah. Um, you know, so that... That'll, that'll happen, too. And it's a matter of getting those guys connected up. And Google's, you know, I think they're interested in that. At least they're taking a shot at it. They have invested a lot in things that aren't on the earth in the last couple of months. I think it was Paul Thorat on uh, Twitter. You know, he's the Microsoft guy. He says, this is how Skynet starts, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Taking over the world. Yeah. Once they flip that switch that makes it aware of all of the neat stuff it has access to, that's when it starts, for sure. Not right now, though, because check this out. My Nexus 10, right? First-gen Nexus 10 just got the 444 update. First time, unplugged it, sure. Went, tried turning it on. Mm, Sorry. Sleep of death. That's fine. I'll reboot it. I'm not that worried about Skynet at the moment. We'll say. I'm more worried about some of these satellites, like, force closing and then falling out of the sky. Definitely. Hey, would somebody give me a quick uh, update on what 444 does as as an operating system update? I thought it was just a lot of bug fixes and more uh, better use out of your battery. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Droid Life, they're saying uh, on their Nexus 4. They got it updated, nothing new in particular. So just a bunch of bug fixes. Uh, According to Sprint, nothing but a security fix. And, uh, yeah. So I think it was, what, 443 that had a a couple slight changes. But, again, nothing that noticeable. Not not for me, at least. Yeah. Yeah. I only have it on the Nexus 10, though. I think the Moto X is still 442. I believe mine is... I believe my seven updated to four four four. Believe it did. Yeah, my my OG Nexus seven is four four three, and my Nexus four is four four four. So that's where I'm at there. So I'm waiting any day for my Nexus seven to get it mold on. So. Damn, I got it before you did. Yep. <laughs> we well, got the newer Nexus, right? Or do you have the older one? No, I have the original. 
The original. Okay, yeah, I'm still waiting. Come on, baby. Any day now. <laughs> well, you I can do it. <laughs> I think you can. I think you can. <laughs> Anything else interesting? Did you guys talk about Verizon turning the LTE back on for Chromebook Pixel users? Did you guys mention that? No, I didn't know anything about that. Oh, yeah. So remember everyone that had a Pixel that they got, uh, Verizon gave them like, uh, what was it, 100 megs of yeah. monthly mobile data that you just get, right, for what, two years, I think? Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I guess uh, some of them were complaining that like after a year their free data got shut off. And uh, so, yeah, they, they, they got that all fixed, I guess. Yeah, some of them, they would call Verizon's support, and they'd be like, what? We don't know what you're talking about. So right. that was also an issue. Yeah. You know, they, oh. Even though they had that, that feature, so yeah. Shady. <laughs> so you'll get it back if you don't have it. I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, yeah, what else? A- anything else from I.O.? You guys kind of covered that at the beginning. Uh, I've got nothing for I.O. I put a few things in the uh, rundown. Um, let's get example, a let's get a Cuba. Cuba started cracking down on uh, Wi-Fi networks. Wow. Uh, they there's it turns out I I did a post on it and then got in touch with some people in Cuba. There are kind of Wi-Fi networks, uh, you know, out, with outdoor antennas. Uh, you know, again, these are local area things and they're not connected to the internet. But they're springing up. I'm I'm told by people that all the major cities. And even the medium-sized cities in, in, in Cuba are having them now. And so the government last recently just arbitrarily picked a couple and closed them down, just to be nasty, to let the people know they're watching. <clears throat> so there's still evil in them. That's poop. That's brutal. What else? Oh yeah, did you guys hear? Um, a number of companies have done it, but. Um, uh, What's the not Coursera? What's course? What's the other one? Not Coursera. Udacity. Udacity. Yeah, they're offering. They they've announced in conjunction with AT and T as a as a kind of uh, helping finance it. Uh, what they they're going to call my, nano degrees, and the idea is you go to school online for a year at about two hundred bucks a month, and you get this certified. You know, you, you get certification. You get other online help. And that's supposedly pointing toward an entry-level job. And, hmm. and that, to me, you know, if, if you look at the, the post I did or the, those figures I put in the, in the rundown, universities are doing a really crappy job of training people for entry-level jobs. Uh, more and more people are graduating with huge amounts of debt and then going to work at Starbucks. Yeah. yeah. So it seems to me that maybe this is the start of a trend. Like when I was starting out, or companies gave entry-level training, uh, and that disappeared, and it got handed off to the universities. The universities aren't doing a very good job. So maybe now this is back to companies. This is structured under a monthly payment, and not necessarily under going right. through like your 200 bucks loans. Two hundred bucks a month. The details are are hazy. AT and T is underwriting at least part of the development of it. Uh, AT and T also underwrote the development of a of a master's degree in computer science that uh, also is on the Udacity platform. And IBM's starting to get into this game of uh, stuff. Starbucks is, will give uh, their employees tuition refunds if they complete an online degree. So <clears throat> it just seems 
maybe, maybe not, but this might be the start of a trend of vocational training. It's going back to uh, companies instead of universities. Just something to think about. I don't know. I'm still a little stuck on the $200 a month rate. Um, maybe, maybe that does equate to an entry-level position um, as far as uh, risk and reward and how much money you put into it. Uh, but right now my brain is saying, no, that's still too much that's money. Too much, it's still yeah. too much debt, you know. But if you come out of high school and you got a choice of going to college and being, who knows, an average of like $37,000 in debt or something. Yeah. You come out of, four years later, you come out of high school and one year later, you pay $2,400 and maybe AT&T offers you a job. I'm not saying it's going to work or not going to work, but it's, it is something that's, that AT&T and Udacity people are trying. Mm. Okay. I see, you know, look at, I put some graphs here. I mean, the, the yeah, number of people getting crappy jobs out of school is going up. Um, you know, it's just, it just is. The universities are not doing a good job of preparing people so that they can get good entry level jobs. The question that I can ask there, Larry, is 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 it because it's the job pool is so narrow? What do you mean? You got fifty people trying to get one particular job coming out of college. You know, yeah. somebody's going to lose that. What if that was fifty people trying to get ten different jobs? That's a, that's that's way better. Oh yeah, I'm not suggesting that this is uh, going to solve the world's problems. I'm saying. If I was a kid coming out of high school, I'd kind of think twice about it. <laughs> right. Or if I was the father of a kid coming out of high school, then I had to say <laughs> exactly. three times about it. Um, high school's broken, man. And like you say, maybe it's just we don't offer it. We don't, the economy is just too uh, down due to the last 10 years of wars yeah. and tax breaks. But... Uh, Anyhow, it's a, it's a thing, like, when I finished school, uh, I went to work for IBM, and they didn't expect me to know anything about anything specific and technical. And right away, they put me in eight-week training school. And I didn't, I got out of the, but they had, a, a, every new employee, their first year, they went to eight weeks of training three times, and then back in the field, you know, alternated. And so, like, you know, they didn't care if you were an English major in college. They didn't care what you were. The college just made you teachable in a shorter period of time for their, like, training, right? To get yeah, to do what, what you're they doing. did, they, they would give you interviews. They would give you an aptitude test, like a programmer's aptitude test. But basically, they figure, okay, this guy got through college. His grades were okay, whatever. So he's got the ability to learn things. Right. And he's kind of ambitious and disciplined. So what the hell, we'll teach him the specifics of our company and the specifics of the job we want him to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how it used to be. If you go way back, it used to be you'd be an apprentice to the master, or, you know, your father would come to the training. But it doesn't have to be universities that teach people their vocational training. So maybe that, maybe this online education, the technology has changed a lot in the last years. And so maybe it's going to, Swing back toward corporations and online stuff. Yeah, or maybe maybe people are just getting dumb and they're not teachable and capable of doing anything worthwhile or productive. Who knows? Uh, 
I doubt that, my man. I'm sure that's not it. <laughs> All yeah, right. These kids today. Goddamn kids don't know. Right? It's not the kids today that I'm worried about. All right. Well, I think that's it. Thanks for uh, being down at Google I.O. That's pretty awesome. And how long are you down there for? I will be going home tomorrow morning. Oh. Yeah, you you only uh, can't get into the – they don't have any sessions you can get into. Uh, Well, it's only for the the people writing code. Gotcha. Um, that's that's what's going on tomorrow. Today so was all of the coverage. So will right. will they not stream all that too? They, they stream a they lot stream. of it, if not all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Some of it won't won't show up. Um, tomorrow is also a big day because they're releasing the date of the um, developer preview for Android L. That's going to be out there online tomorrow. So. Yeah, they have all cool. of stuff. Yeah. You know, they have all of that in place while they do their sessions and stuff. So. Pretty good time. Well, very exciting. You got a, a bunch of articles coming out on that if people want to read more? Yep. I will be – I've already put one in to, um, as a little commentary on today's events, and I'll be writing some more tomorrow while I'm in the air since it's going all the way across the damn country. Ah, got yeah, right. <laughs> got plenty of time to write, so I have a few things that I'd like to discuss and share over on a new domain. And um, – even with some of the, the new domain.tv little video clips here and there, too. Oh. Very cool. And, of course, links to Larry's blog and, and all of our other stuff. Uh, Nick, you got any videos you want to mention real quick you've been doing? I like those. Yeah, yep. nothing nothing recent, but well, not in the last few days, but uh, I do plan on making a post-Google I.O. Uh, video this Friday. So I just haven't worked out all the, the details, but it's going to be kind of a my thoughts over it all. So yeah, it'll be on my little channel, Nick, Nick Carroll or Nick from Houston. So good stuff. All right. Well, yeah, find us on iTunes and, uh, uh, Stitcher. Definitely. If you guys listen that way or, uh, just subscribe to the show with, uh, your favorite podcast app. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Google plus all that stuff. So, uh, thanks for listening guys. We'll catch you next week. Uh, have a great night. Tech Show. Check us out online at yetanothertechshow.com.